0: You're listening to a podcast of the river in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. In West Texas, I spoke there numerous times, several times uh, over the week that I was there, Sunday through Wednesday of the week before. And uh, had a few people be saved, I don't know, three or four saved in a Sunday morning service. And then uh, on Wednesday evening, at the close of the conference where I was speaking with Jerry Seville, we had a a man come forward who was 81 years old, a man I've known for 30 years, named John, John, John Rowalt is his name, and he came forward and he actually didn't come forward in the service. It was after the service, and I was trying to walk out, and he came up to me, and he said, "Pastor John, I got a problem." I said, "What's that, John?" And I thought he was going to tell me some physical problem. You know, he's older and he's kind of walking slower. When I knew him before, when I lived out there, he walked straight up like that. But he was kind of walking humped over. He said, "I got a problem." I said, "What's your problem, John?" He said, "I can't speak in tongues." I said, well, okay. Don't get quiet on me because I said speaking in tongues. <laughs> he said, I can't speak in tongues. I said, uh, okay. Uh, looked at his wife. She said, no, he doesn't. I said, well, you've been prayed for a bunch of times because it used to be in our church out there years ago. And she said, no, he never has asked for it. Never? All the years I've known you? He said, no. I said, but you want it now? Yeah, I want it now. So I laid my hands on him 15 seconds. He was speaking in other tongues. And, and uh, it was amazing. And I know what he was thinking. Wow, all these years I could have had this. <laughs> <laughs> don't put it off. Don't put it off. It's for you. It's, it's sweet. It's fun. It's a blessing. There's nothing weird about it. It's only weird Christians who don't do it. <laughs> Well, read the Bible. They all did. Yes, Amen. All right. Okay. Amen. Did y'all notice my new haircut? Huh? Did you like my new haircut? The foxy lady back there. name is Fox. <laughs> she got to open a new shop. Tanya. In Antediluvian. And cut my hair yesterday. And it was cheap. I'm looking at some of y'all. Y'all need to visit her. She'll make you look pretty. Thank you, Tanya. I appreciate it very much. Tanya Fox. Nice, Nice haircut. Amen. Matthew chapter 15. I thought of something else, but I won't say it. Matthew chapter 15. And verse 28, Matthew 15, 28, I want you to hear today. We're going to be talking about how faith acts. How does faith act? Matthew chapter 15, verse 28. Now, I picked this passage specifically because this is a woman who is very much like you. She was a Gentile. A Greek, a Syrophoenician. She had no right to any of the promises, no right to any of the covenants. But I want you to know how the st- notice how the story ends. Verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt, as, even as you want. And, your, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now I want you to notice Mark chapter 7 and verse 29. Can you get that up on the screen real quick? Mark seven twenty-nine. It's the end of the story according to Mark. Mark 7, 29 says, And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil has gone out of thy daughter. Now, I don't believe that Jesus said either or of these things. I don't believe either one of them is wrong. I believe they're both right. I believe he said all of this. Is this fair enough? Is it fair enough? To say? He said all of this. One reported on one thing he said, another reported on another thing. So, but let's, let's see what Jesus said. O woman, great is thy faith, and for this saying, go your way, you have even as you want, the devil has gone out of your daughter, and from that hour her daughter was made whole. Because she said what she wanted, and she said it in faith. Used her vocal cords, used her mouth, her teeth, her tongue, her breath, to say what her heart was believing. That's good. Hmm... Because your heart will believe what you hear constantly. And your life will go in the direction of that which you truly believe. And what you believe is dictated by what you constantly hear and confess. Because you don't believe anybody like you believe yourself. Yours is the greatest voice of faith that you'll ever hear. Mine's not the greatest voice you'll ever hear. Yours is the greatest voice you'll ever hear concerning faith. Let's back up and read the entire story. Verse 21. How faith acts. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. By the way, I unashamedly use the King James Version of the Bible. Otherwise known as the Grown-Up Bible. Verse 22. And behold, the woman of Canaan, a woman of Canaan, He answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from her, their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. How do you get to that point where Jesus is saying, Great is your faith and you have what you want. We have to study these things, because if I ask, if I poll this room, and let me just do that right quick. How many of you would like to make it so that every prayer you prayed got answered? How many of you have some needs you'd like to get settled right now? So this might not be the right, I might not be the right preacher, but this is the right message, praise God. (laughs) Everybody has needs. Everybody has needs. We all have family needs. We all have financial needs. We all have health needs. We all have some kind of needs. Because why? Because your body is not completed yet. Your redemption is not completed and won't be until resurrection. But you have a right to live in the covenant and get out of the weeds, praise God. You have a right to live in the covenant and get out of the weeds. You have a right to produce. You have a right to be be considered good soil. You have a right because of what Jesus did. This is not because you're somebody special, it's because of who Jesus is. And your faith in God is really faith in Jesus or it's senseless. A lot of people have faith in God, but not everybody has faith in Jesus. And that is the critical point. That's what makes Christianity different. No, that's what makes Christianity opposite of other religions. You, you've heard me say this, but some of you, I know, you, you, those of you who've heard me say these things before, just be, be, be patient with me because we're always having new people come and I have to say the same things for their sake. Amen. So you act like you hadn't heard it and laugh at the right place and say <laughs> amen. I <okay? laughs> have to keep saying these things over and over because faith is the issue that settles it all for God. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Well, my question is, what happens if I do have faith? Yeah. There you go. If without faith, it's impossible to please Him, well, what's, what's possible then if I do have faith? Everything is possible. Because with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Christianity is not different from other religions. It's opposite other religions. It's not one of the horses in the races. We're not even in that race. They're all running one direction. Christianity runs a different direction. We're all, tra- all of the religious world trying to get to God. Climbing that highway of holiness. They're all trying to go up, go up, 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 and whatever, whatever mandates their religion calls for, they're all trying to get there. Just, 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 just trying to make heaven my home. Hogwash! Amen. Come on. Hang all that. You can't make heaven your home if you were God himself on the earth. You couldn't do it. But Jesus did. Jesus did. Jesus did. I said Jesus did. You're not going to heaven because you know God. You're going to heaven because you know Jesus. Can I have a better amen in this house? As far as I'm concerned, that's all I need to know about God is what Jesus showed me. He said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Hallelujah. I don't dare think there's any other way but Jesus. Our religion doesn't say that we're trying to get to God. Our religion says God came to us. Yes. Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. Woo. Uh, we're not one of the horses, horses in the race. We're running a completely different direction. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you had not heard the gospel, lately you're hearing it today. Christ died for your sin. Not one thing for you to do for your sin. Stop trying. You can't fix it. The milk is spilled. You're not going to gather it up. No way to fix it. But you put your faith in Jesus today for everything you need. You believe on Him, the miracle worker, the water walker, the dead man raiser, praise God. One that healed the sick and cast out devils. There was nothing too big for Jesus. When they had to pay the taxes, He sent the guys fishing. But Lord, we need money. Yeah, go out there and just drop a hook in. The first fish you pull up, there'll be a coin in his mouth. Wow, this dude can do anything. Yes, he can. (laughs) He can do anything for you. But you use your faith toward him. And here's here's how faith acts. The first thing she said was, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. The first thing you've got to know about how faith acts is that faith knows God is merciful. Religion knows he's judgmental. Faith knows He's merciful. Religion knows He's holy. Faith knows He's merciful. Number two, faith recognizes Jesus' authority. Did He call Him Jesus, son of Solomon? No. Jesus, son of David, the great king. The greatest of kings. Solomon was the richest of kings, but David was the greatest of kings because he created and built the kingdom. He gave Solomon something to be king over. Jesus... Son of David. Recognize Jesus' authority. Third thing: faith says bad things come from the devil. Even this Greek Syrophoenician pagan knew that her daughter was not vexed by God. She said, My daughter's grievously vexed of the devil. Since when does religion think that bad things and evil things that happen to people come from God? That's the stupidest religion I've ever heard of. <laughs> That's the God Allah. That's not the God of Jesus. Amen. You don't have to die in a firebomb to get to go to heaven. That's a mean God. The God of the Bible knows when people are being vexed by a devil. And faith recognizes that evil, bad things come from the devil. The fourth thing is that faith persistently worships God persistently worships God. They told her, go away, go away. Jesus, make her go away. And all she did was she came and worshipped Jesus anyway. Yeah. She came and worshipped Him anyway. And the fifth thing, faith always agrees with the Word of God. When she worshipped Jesus, what did she do? What did He do? He called her a dog. Yeah. He called, sweet, tiptoe through the tulips, Jesus. Yeah. That's the Oprah's Jesus. You know, the one tiptoes, tip-toes through the tulips. Yeah. <laughs> A nice little Jesus would we'll never, we'll never offend anybody. Well, pardon me, he called this woman a dog. Didn't he? Yes, he did. yep. Y'all know I love Oprah. She's one of the most generous people ever lived. Yeah. She's a, but everybody can be messed, me, messed up on who Jesus is. Right. He's not the tiptoe through the tulips Jesus here. He's the tough Jesus here. Yeah. He's telling her the truth. I worship, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. Yeah, but you're a dog. And I'm not going to give what belongs to the children to dogs. Ouch! You know what the religious people do right then? Well, you, you sniveling Jew, who do you think you are? Man? I go. I'm going back to Durant, where they treat people with respect. Huh? Now what she did, she agreed with him. Faith always agrees with the Word of God. If it came out of Jesus' lips, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Word of God. If it came out of his lips, this is the Word of God. And, she, and, and his description of her was a dog, she just agreed with it. I agree. I'm a dog, but I'm still your dog. <laughs> That's good right there now. The sixth thing is, faith delivers the goods. This is how faith acts. Faith delivers the goods. I want to back up for a minute and talk to you about this. Faith knows God is merciful. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. In The Merchant of Venice, Shakespeare's play, merchant is on trial and one stands up to defend him. It says, the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the earth beneath, upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. it is mightiest in the mightiest it becomes a throned magistrate better than his crown what it's saying is that the mightier the person is that offers mercy is more blessed by the one than the one who receives it When mercy comes, it blesses both ways. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to be merciful to somebody, but you know what it does to your heart to be merciful when you had the right to judge. People of faith are really the only ones that understand this, I believe. People of religion don't understand this. They want to change the rules and call us haters because we still believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. What they don't understand is that we love everybody who disagrees with that and welcome them to church. Come sit in our services and see if you're not loved. See if we don't put our arms around you. People who live the lifestyle that we disagree with, see if we won't, won't be merciful to them and kind. See if we won't lead them to Jesus. See if we won't pray with them. See if we won't cry with them when they're hurting. But we're still going to tell you the truth. We're not going to say, ah, it's okay. But see, those who don't know mercy, don't know what real mercy is, change the rules and say, oh, God made you this way. No, God didn't make anybody that way. God didn't make anybody that way. God didn't make anybody a pervert. God didn't make anybody a weirdo like me. I was that way because I chose to be that way. <laughs> yeah, the conditions we find ourselves in, we make ourselves that way. We choose. We make cho- choices. But that doesn't mean that you're evil. It just means you're human. That's right. Are you understanding me? Mercy always finds a way to be merciful to those that don't even deserve it. By the way, you, if, you, if a person can deserve it, you can't really call it mercy. You call it justice. Yeah. Right. It can only be called mercy if the one you show it to doesn't deserve it. Right. That's why you can't be saved by how well you perform. You can only be saved by how well Jesus performed and lavished His mercy and His grace upon you. Glory to God. You don't have to get worthy before you become worthy. You just come like you are. Uh-huh. He makes you as worthy as Jesus himself is worthy. Amen. Mercy befits or how does it say it? Mercy uh, is better, it looks better on a king's head than a crown. Wow. I think about this a lot. Think about the people that, I des- that deserve for me to slap them. <laughs> You have, you know, I'm going to be honest. Do you think there's anybody in your life that deserves you to slap them? Let me you see your hand. There's some honest Christians in this house today, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> you know some people that deserve to be slapped. Right now, thinking about that person or those people, half my wife's family. <laughs> Not all of them. She's acting like I didn't say that, praise God. Maybe she didn't hear it, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They deserve it. But if right now, when you're thinking about it, if you just say, you know, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to offer mercy. You're never more like God when you're operating that kind of faith. To stop holding things against others out there. You think you think, what your mind tells you, what the devil tells you, what religion tells you is you have a chain around them. I'm holding them responsible. They don't even know you have a chain, little on, little less, little, even less is it connected to them on the other end. It has no connection to them at all. They run around out there to act like they always have, being the idiots since you knew they were. You only have that chain connected around you. And you think you're holding them responsible. All you're doing is binding your own self. Yeah, that's right. Act like a king. Act like the royal family that you are. Yes. And be merciful. Because when you're merciful, you're acting like God. Faith instinctively knows that God is merciful. Come on, do you have anybody you need to forgive? Anybody you need to let go? We've got three honest ones that time. Four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight. Now, I, okay, okay. People are getting saved all over this building right now. Yeah, you got people. we got stuff. Who doesn't have some stuff? Tis mightiest in the mightiest. I love that part. Did you all know that radio waves are in this room right now? There are radio waves you know 200 years ago they had no idea about that? They didn't know there were radio waves going through the building. They're going through this building right now. The radio station is carrying a message right through this building right now. But y'all aren't hearing it because you don't have a receiver. You've got to have a receiver on to receive it, to get the message of the radio waves. Radio waves are moving right through this building right now. With all kinds of messages from all kinds of radio stations all around, they're moving right through this building right now. And if you had a receiver you, and you could tune it in, you could get one of those messages and wouldn't have to listen to me that way. <laughs> you could. I think they do in the sound booth sometimes, I think they do that. Especially if the cowboys are playing. But they didn't, they didn't have receivers. The receiver for mercy is this thing called faith. Yeah. Amen. You receive God's mercy, whether you know God's merciful or not. When you got the receiver of faith, you find out. The moment you start believing God is the moment you understand His real, true nature. It is not to be a judge, but to be a father. To be a kind, loving father. The second thing we talked about was faith recognizes Jesus' authority. And I don't know if you recognized it when you read the Gospels, that Jesus has some authority. Mercy. Demons were terrified of him. Terrified of him. There was no demons that weren't afraid of him. Even Mr. Lucifer himself, even the big daddy devil, and the Bible calls him the father of all lies, that's why I call him big daddy devil. Mr. Devil himself treated Jesus with respect. was terrified of him. Because he knew this, this is no ordinary man. Faith recognizes that about Jesus. Son of David, she called him. I was uh, in Houston, Texas years ago, Miss Anna and I. We were at John Osteen's 50th, wedding, uh, no, 50th ministry anniversary. Ministry anniversary. Got a wedding on my mind today, thanks to Brian and Bree. <laughs> he is celebrating 50 years of ministry. John Osteen was Joel's daddy. Anybody remember him? Great old Baptist preacher who got filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptists speaking in tongues. Imagine. That's the largest church in America. Pastor John was up there celebrating. Ben Kinslow was there. A whole list of the dignitaries of the Spirit-filled church were there. Bishop John Mears from Washington, D.C. was there. Uh, uh, ben Kinslow, I don't know if you all remember Ben Kinslow, moderator for CBN, he was great man of God. He was moderating that evening. Uh, Norval Hayes, R.W. Schambach, all of my heroes were there. And I had an old Bible, and I was making a list of them in the back of that Bible. And I'm in the same room as this guy and that guy. And look at him, I'm in the same room. You know, 10,000 other people were there, but I thought it was just them and me. (laughs) I'm from the sticks, in case you hadn't figured it out by now. And, and when, you, when you hear me sounding like Gomer Pyle, that's, that's accidental. I can't help it sometimes. <laughs> but I'm writing these names in there because I'm from the country, you know, and I was just so impressed to see all these famous people in one room in front of me. K.P. Johannsen, e. who, who did the Jesus film. I don't know if you know, they won more people to Jesus with the Jesus film than just about any other event in the entire world. He was there. And in the middle of the program, the lights and cameras come, come up on a guy out in the audience. And he interrupts the whole thing, goes, no, 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 that's not how it happened. What happened to you, John Osteen, was you got to messing around with them Pentecostals and slipped off and got, fell into the thing. That's what happened to you. And he did it in a real funny way. His name was Jim Hester, Dr. James E. Hester. And I looked over there, and it was a, he was a long way from us, clear halfway around the auditorium, and like I say, 10,000 people in there. And I said to my wife, Honey, you see this list of famous people in the back of my Bible? If I could have any of them come to our church, we were in West Texas at the time. I said, if I could have any of these people come to our church, I'd pick Jim Hester over any of them. And she said, Really? <laughs> he always <laughs> loves that part of the story. She said, really? I said, yeah. Because she didn't know him. You know, didn't know who he was much. I'd heard him speak a few times, and I was just blown away by his ministry. Of all the famous people there, I want Jim Hester to come. After the meeting was over, we're all just leaving the building. You know what? I don't don't know if you've ever been been in a big, big crowd, thousands of people, and how they herd you out like cattle. You know, you you just try to hurt, you just try to go out, a little place opens up in front of you, you move along, So you feel somebody push you from the back, yeah, I'm going, I'm going, you know. We're just moving through the building like that, you know, just clopping along. Not trying to do anything, but just follow the flow of traffic. And we get right to the door, ready to walk out, and it's raining cats and dogs like it often does in Houston. We get right to the door, and guess who steps right in front of us to, get, to, to walk out? Jim and Joanne Hester. I don't know her name at the time, I just know him. And Ann says, John, you see who that is? I said, yeah, that's Jim Hester. Look at there. She said, well, talk to him. I said, well, I, 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 will, I will, baby. And so i was trying to think of what to say. You know, I'm from the country. I, I got no words for this great man. And, I'm thinking, uh, and we're walking on out, walk out through the foyer. She said, John, don't let him get away. Talk, what am I supposed to do, tackle him? <laughs> Just don't let him talk to him, talk to him. So, so I walked up there to him. I said, hi, uh, hi, Dr. Hester, I'm, I'm John Holler. Uh, I'm glad to meet you. I said, well, could I get your, key, your keys to go get your car? I wanted him to, remember, him to remember me, you know. So he gave me his keys and I ran out to the parking lot, got drenched, soaking wet, and drove his car up there for him and Joanne to get in so they could stay dry there. She had a little umbrella. So we stood there for a little bit and I said, Brother Hester, would you come to, come to my church and speak? And he said, yeah, sure, just talk to Squirrel. Squirrel, she said. I'm Joanne. And he calls me Squirrel. Okay, so I talked to her. Yeah, she said she was, She's a squirrel because she married a nut. So, uh, so um, uh, we got a date set. That was in the spring, May. I'm going to say the first week of May of 1989. That, and we set a date for them to come in September of that same year. On July the 25th, my pastor in Oklahoma, in Love County, Oklahoma, passed away. The only pastor I'd ever had. He passed away. And uh, went to heaven. And I went to Thackerville and performed a wedding, a, 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 a funeral, funeral. That's a different ceremony. Performed a funeral. And he... Went to Glory and, uh, and, and Jim Hester came. And Jim Hester started ministering to me after the service on Sunday night. Then Monday morning he called me and says, John, meet me for coffee. Went for coffee with was sat there. And he started talking to me about all I needed to do to fix my church. I didn't know there was anything wrong with it. But he named four things I needed to do to, to change things in my church. I said, yes sir, I see that, yes sir, I see that. I, I didn't know that was a big deal. He said, you need to fix that. Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. And while he's reading me the riot act, I start crying. I'm just sitting there crying like a baby. He said, now I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, you may not ever have me back, but I need to tell you these things just to get it off my chest. I said, you're not hurting my feelings, brother. I just hadn't been pastored this way in a long time. Hadn't had anybody speaking to my life the way you're speaking to my life, and I've never known anything but but having a pastor. And My pastor died this summer, and I'd really like to ask you a question. He said, what's that? I said, would you be my, my pastor? because I think pastors need pastors. Need leadership of some kind. Most of the time we call them apostles. And I said, would you do that for me? And he said, well, sure, John. I mean, I, if you think I can help you. He wasn't, he wasn't in on that kind of thing much. He said, but if you think you, you, I could help you, I'd like to help you. I said, I need you. He said, okay, so he's been my pastor all these years. He's 85 years old now. How old was he then? 50 something? Been my pastor. Since 89, what's that? 26 years. 26 years. And I've had two pastors my whole life. I don't swap pastors very easy. And uh, he, uh, he has been a great blessing in my life. If you're going to have spiritual authority, you have to recognize where authority comes from. You can't just say, I'm under God, well, how are you going to get connected to the anointing that flows when Jesus said He rose from the dead and gave gifts unto men? When He was ascending, He gave gifts unto men. How's it going to come to you? Unless you're under apostolic fivefold ministry somehow. Unless you're connected to the source of authority. This woman connected to the source of her authority by saying, Jesus, Son of David. She didn't just say Jesus, Son of God. She went to an earthly authority. Now, let me say something to you. Everybody's always known that God had authority in heaven. Everybody's always known God has power in heaven. Yeah. The question was, can God do it on earth? Yes. Yeah. And the world is waiting for a church that believes God can do it on earth. Amen. The world is waiting for a people that say, I have the authority to use the name of Jesus as though Jesus was using His own name. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. No, no pride involved in that, just pure un- unmitigated faith. Faith says also that bad things come from the devil. Bad things come from the devil. Why don't you say it with your own mouth? Bad things come from the devil. devil. It's not the will of God for, for you to. You know, they've try been trying to tell us that the world's overpopulated. they try to tell us that the world's overpopulated. Really? You only believe that if you believe in evolution. And I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't believe in evolution. I never had an uncle monkey. I never, never. I had an uncle act like a monkey, but I, he wasn't one. I never had one. We're not, we didn't, we didn't ascend up from the apes. We were created in the image of God. Amen. Our model looks like it starts with man, 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 man. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't change. God created man in His image. He didn't try out with the, with the ape and go, well, that's close. <laughs> Let's give it a billion years. See what happens. That's not how God did it. No, that's right. <laughs> but you believe all kinds of things if you let the world tell you what to believe. And they tell us that the world is overpopulated, dangerously overpopulated. And they always show on television through a, closed lens, when they say the world is dangerously overpopulated, they're always showing you downtown Tokyo at noon. Right. <laughs> yeah, that place is pretty crowded, I'll admit. But have you ever been to Montana? You can drive for three or four hours and never see another car on the highway. That's right. <laughs> There's such wide open spaces everywhere in the world. This earth could handle billions and billions and billions and billions and thousands of billions of people. There are seven billion here. Who would all easily fit on the contiguous 48 states of America? All easily fit here. Leaving South America empty, Canada empty, Alaska empty, with its half a million square miles. They would leave uh, Asia empty, Europe empty, Africa empty, Australia empty. But it kind of already is. Except for my beautiful granddaughter who's down there. But we believed a lie. Believed a lie. I said, we well, just believe lies. Yeah. If you believe lies like that, you wind up acting in ways that are unscriptural. Like nor, not, not realizing how precious and beautiful a new baby is. Yeah. Oh, I don't know why they think they've got to have four kids. You know what? A hundred years ago, people used to cry over couples that only had four kids. Poor thing, that's all they could have. <laughs> if you didn't have 10 or 12, you weren't trying. You weren't doing something right. Probably wasn't chasing mom around the bed as often as you needed to. I mean... They, they felt they conjured up all kinds of images. Wondered, well, what's wrong with them? What's wrong? How come they only have four babies? That's that's a shame. <laughs> now we think that's a huge family. Why did we get that out of the Bible? Did we get that from our no. secular thinking? Yeah. Come on, where do we get that? I need some of the women to say where we got that. Where did we get that thinking? <laughs> secular thinking. You didn't get that from the Bible. The Bible says the children are the heritage of the Lord. Children are the heritage of the Lord. What's wrong with Christians having babies? The Muslims are having babies. What's wrong with Christian people having babies? Red and yellow, black and white and brown. All of our our Christian babies having babies. What's wrong with us having babies? Lots of babies. Why is it so quick? Y'all shout when I talk about prosperity. But y'all know the Bible doesn't doesn't separate those two very much. God says He's going to prosper you in every way and give you lots of children. He connects them oftentimes. How dare you believe in prosperity and not believe in having lots of babies? Did it just go flat? Crickets, Crickets, okay. Amen. I'm not just trying to grow the church, so relax. I mean, it's growing without me. (laughs) I think God loves big families because it spews the truth right in the devil's face. There are still a people in this world that believe that children are a blessing of the Lord. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. There's no such thing as global overpopulation. It's a farce. Number four, faith persistently worships God. Faith persistently worships God. I've, I've already talked enough about that. I'm going to move on to number five. Faith always agrees with the Word of God. Now you want to get this in your heart. You want to get this in your mouth and in your mind and in your heart the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. And the word there is sozo. is, a, so, is sozo, so it means delivered from everything. Yeah. It means delivered from everything. You shall be delivered. Amen. Saved. Including hell, death, and the grave, and not all. You shall be saved from sickness and disease. Saved from everything. And the word sozo is often used when Jesus would heal people. When He healed them, the word sozo is actually what it uses. He saved them. Didn't mean that they were ready for heaven necessarily, but He saved them from that sickness. Jesus wants to save you from everything because He's powerful enough to do so. Amen. Amen. Uh, but it, but, but you, have to, you have to say what you believe, you have to make your confession. i shared this, I think, two or three years ago here, but I want to remind you why the Titanic sunk in 1912. You know why it sunk? Well, the steelmaker said it was the rivet maker's problem. They said the rivet makers made two soft rivets. The rivet guy said, no, nah, it was a steel because they just changed the mixture for the steel and made it more brittle. And, and so, it, so it split down the side. That, that, that iceberg just opened it up like a can opener down the side. Y'all, have heard, y'all have seen the television shows and read, read up on it? They said, and everybody's blaming everybody. They said, well, it's really the captain's fault because he wouldn't pay any attention. No, it was the Carpathia's fault because they wouldn't listen to the distress calls because they they said, oh, that's the Titanic. They must just be testing their equipment because surely that's the unsinkable ship. Everybody had blame for somebody else and there was enough blame for everybody. Okay? But I know whose fault it was. It was the person who named the dadgum thing. They call it Titanic. That doesn't mean big. The Titans were a race of giants. You looked, I looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary. You know what the t- definition of Titan was? A race of giants banished to the underworld. Wow. Wow. That ship didn't have a chance of sailing across the ocean. They named it Banished to the Underworld. It's still there. It's still there. It ain't never coming up it's still there they put it there with their words there's enough blame to go around but I'm telling you what you call something is what it is we've got to stop calling ourselves sick all the time stop calling ourselves broke all the time amen if you're trying to quit smoking say I'm not a smoker I'm, I, 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 I don't smoke anymore praise God I'm blessed if you, you're trying to get over some kind of stupid thing just say I'm, I'm not that, that's not me praise God I just did it but that's not me I'm a believer. I'm more than a conqueror. And everything that's set against me is gonna fail because I'm a winner, not a loser. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath the first, not last. Victor, no longer victim. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Faith always agrees with the word of God. Whatever you say, Lord, you call me a dog, that's good enough for me. You call me a dog's better than them, them calling me a prince. On. Huh? I'd rather be called a dog by Jesus than a prince by the devil. Wouldn't you? Yes. And the last thing is faith delivers the goods. He said, your daughter is made whole from that very hour. She is delivered from that devil. Faith delivers the goods. When Jesus saw their faith, it's interesting, thing that story of him, them tearing up the roof and letting that guy down through the roof, it, that, that story intrigues me. Because it looks like, to me, by that story, Jesus is looking for a reason to bless. Looking for a reason to forgive. Religion tells you, oh, you've got to tear your heart. You've got to just really pour out your heart and feel sorry for your sins. <laughs> Pardon me was a poor guy let down in the, on, on a beer on a little stretcher in front of Jesus who couldn't say anything. Was he tearing his own heart? Was he mourning over his sins? When Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. On what condition, on what basis did Jesus say that? Well, the thing he said right before that was this. Jesus, when he saw their faith, said to the sick of the palsy, son, your sins are forgiven. Wow! (laughs) Looks like he's looking for an excuse to forgive somebody. I don't care how nasty you are. I don't care how belligerent you've been. I don't care how rebellious and disobedient your life has been up until this point. There is a God who loves you and will forgive you if you'll just believe Him. He loves you and He will forgive you. In fact, in Christ, He's already forgiven you of everything. All you've got to do is believe Him. Believe to receive this great message of faith. Christ died for our sins. It's a hope and a promise. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And He was buried. And He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. The Bible teaches us that whoever will believe that simple message is saved. Saved from what? Whatever you need to be saved from. Some of you in this room today probably need to be saved from hell. They're saving enough there for you. Some of you in this room today need to be saved from a sickness or disease. They're saving enough there for you. Amen. Amen. Some of you need to be saved from broken, bad relationships and heartbreak. They're saving enough in the blood of Jesus for you today. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. How many of you have experienced what I've said to you? What are these things? Some of you have experienced this. You know, you know what I'm talking about, that Jesus is a savior. He's a healer. He's a baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He's a good God. Amen, all the time. Let's bow our heads together. Father, I thank you for these, your people here in this place. And these that are here yet to become part of the family of God, I bless them in Jesus' name. And I pray for everyone on the sound of my voice that they will receive what they came for today, what they needed today. I ask in Jesus' name, especially for those that are lost today. Those that have never made Christ Lord of their life. Those that have never received this free forgiveness. May they in Jesus' name receive. With our heads bowed, would you say, preacher, you're talking to me. I need to be a, become a Christian. I'm not really a Christian, but I need to be. And I want to make it, I want to nail that, that fact down today that I believe in Jesus. I believe He died for my sins, that He was buried and rose again today, the, from the third day from the dead. If that's you, would you just raise a hand? I want to pray for you. If you're saying, I need to be saved today, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. God loves you. He'll take you just like you are. You already heard me say, you don't have to be worthy to be made worthy. You don't have to be clean to be made clean. You don't have to be right to be made right. All you've got to do is believe. Believe on Jesus. Believe that He died for your sins, that He was buried and He rose again the third day. This is the real gospel. You've heard all kinds of stupid things claiming to be the gospel, but the real gospel is that simple one that any child can understand that God blamed Jesus for what you did. He punished Him for what you did so so that you could just believe it and receive it is that you today say that's me i want jesus in my life i want to be saved today for the rest of you who have any kind of need any kind of thing you need to be saved from if you're already saved born again you're a christian but maybe you have some kind of need our elders are here miss ann is here our ministry team is all here to pray with you miss ann i want you to come on up here they're here to minister to you to use their faith with you and to agree for your your victory, for your overcoming victory, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus.